In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, please be seated. Today's gospel has a lot packed into it. There are three really big ideas here that I think merit a really close look. The first big idea is this idea of of God as an anthropomorphized image. Is it helpful to think of God, the God that we believe in, who is bigger and vaster than the universe, as a human being like us? Does that maybe limit this limitless God that we have come to know? The second big idea is, who is Satan? What is Satan? Is Satan anthropomorphized too? Does Satan have some kind of control over us and we don't even know it? And lastly, is it helpful to think in these dualistic terms presented to us today in this gospel, good versus bad? Have we not learned that nothing fits into such tidy concrete boxes. And I don't know that we can actually unpack all three of these big ideas in one sermon, but I do know that that was probably the point of Jesus telling it this way. Because how does God explain ideas that are beyond our knowing and that encompass lessons that we might need several times in our lives? except to tell us something that's going to make us think over and over again. Perhaps he told this story just so that the only way that we could grasp the meaning is if we are reading it at a time when something in our lives causes us to recognize the truth that's buried within this very complicated story at a time when we need to hear it. So maybe the way to approach today's gospel is to find the truth underneath all this dualistic, problematic imagery. And the only way that I know how to do that is to find this story and the story of my life. So when I was 11, I'm not going to go all the way through. Don't worry. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, really? (laughs) But seriously, when I was 11, I could run a sub six-minute mile. And so I was immediately put into the Junior Olympics. I'm sorry I keep focusing my glasses. They keep falling. Anyways. But I was immediately put into the Junior Olympics, and I ran competitively for the next seven years of my life. At one point, I was ranked eighth in the nation. Thank you very much. (laughs) Which obviously put a lot of pressure on me to perform. There was also a lot of attention given to my body. And I had big legs because I was fast and I was a runner. But some of the boys at my school started calling me thunder thighs. (laughs) And then after I hit puberty, I started slowing down a little bit, which is normal for girls. But I was convinced that it was because I was fat. And so I told my parents that I was now a vegetarian and I needed to be in charge of my own meals. And since they had four kids, they were like, fine, be in charge of your own meals. And so I started preparing for myself lettuce with mustard, sometimes applesauce. On a good day, I'd add raisins, and that's how I ate. And then when I got to college, everyone ate together all the time, and I wanted to kind of 
feel normal. So I decided I'm going to eat normal like them occasionally, and then I'll just get rid of the food afterwards. And I knew about eating disorders, but I didn't believe that I had one because I thought that you had to be skinny to have an eating disorder, and I didn't think that I was skinny. And one day somebody caught me, and he said, you need to tell your mom what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's fine. I'm totally normal. And he kept on me about this. You need to tell your mom, you need to tell your mom. And I was like, no, I really don't. And eventually he got shipped off to Afghanistan, and he called me from Afghanistan and said, I've been thinking a lot, and I think you need to tell your mom. And I was like, okay, if this person is in a war and is calling me on the phone to tell me to tell my mom, then maybe I owe it to him to tell my mom. And I still thought in my head that when I told her, she'd be like, yeah, that's a little weird, but you're fine. Uh, So I told her, and she completely freaked out. And she was like, we need to put you in therapy. So they put me in therapy, uh, and I did that. And after a couple of months, the therapist said, listen, uh, you're going to die unless you go to treatment for this. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And so as therapists do, she arranged an intervention with my family. And I still said, you know, guys, thanks. I'm not going to go. And she said okay, here's your choice. You can either go into treatment or you can die. What do you choose? And I said, I'd rather die. And my youngest brother, who was Mr. Joe Cool, he immediately burst into tears. And it was at that point that I realized something was wrong with me. And a United Church of Christ pastor once said, there's not a person in our congregations who don't know what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. Because sometimes our lives resemble the farmer's infested field with wheat and weeds intertwined with our souls and our hearts and our minds. And the apostle Paul certainly knew it. I do the very thing that I don't want to do. And this was certainly the case in my life. I can recognize the field in today's story. I didn't want to starve myself. I didn't want to exercise all the time. I didn't want to fixate on my body, and yet I did, and I couldn't stop it. And so there I was, my junior year of college, with the field of my life in complete disarray, facing leaving school and going to the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin to battle the demons in my life. And I don't know if my eating disorder was given to me by Satan or if it was the result of my own sin or something else. But I do know that it was all mine to transform. And I was not sure that I could do that. And so I begged God, just take it from me. Please, I don't think that I can do this. Just like the slaves in today's gospel asked the good sower if they could just go in and take the weeds out. But like in the story, God didn't just take it from me. And 12 years later, I can say that I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad I was forced to fight my own demons out there in the woods because I learned a great deal about how strong I am. 
And I learned a great deal about how loved I am. I also learned a lot about how much other people suffer. And I'll never forget the other women who fought those demons with me out there in the woods. But the best lesson that I learned was that God was there the whole time. And I have to admit that starving myself and constantly being fixated on food and my body kept me from seeing God in the world. I couldn't feel God's presence. And it kept me from seeing a lot in my life, and it made me feel really alone. And it also made me feel really ashamed. But in today's gospel, I'm hearing God saying, I see those weeds. Don't you dare take them out. They are part of you, and it is you that I love, all of you. Today's gospel echoes what I learned out there in Wisconsin, that God was there the whole time, not trying to change me, but trying to love me. And once that love was recognized, I was able to transform the weeds in my life. So today's gospel is telling us that the weeds cannot just be torn out. They must be transformed. And transformation is a process that requires constant love and attention. But we're not alone on this journey, as the demons in our lives might have us believe. The whole host of heaven is with us. Even the angels show up in today's gospel. And I know they were out there with me in Wisconsin. And I'm glad that I told this part of my story today. And I'm glad that this is part of my story. But I'm also glad that this is not my only story. My husband and I were talking, and he reminded me that we're all bigger than the sum of our parts. And perhaps God is telling us today that we're bigger than the weeds in our lives. And no matter what those weeds are, we are still bigger than them. And maybe God is calling us just to see and recognize and to step into how big we actually are and to shine like the sun in the kingdom of our God. Amen.